Hey there, thanks for listening to another episode of the Jack Eason Podcast. We are talking about the issues of loneliness, isolation, and how to overcome them with true friendship and community. For more information on these and other issues, check out Jack's website at jackeason.org. Now here's Jack. It's Jack Eason, and we continue our discussion about loneliness and friendships and community. And uh, today's special guest, all the way from Indiana, is a... Uh, well, an experienced author and a guy who has a lot of experience talking about those things that can help us overcome uh, loneliness. He has a book out through Crossway about uh, making friends, and in this day and age, we really need to know how to make friends. How, how did you, Drew, thanks for joining us, how did you to uh, get in this whole topic of friendship? What was it for you that was the catalyst that made this uh, an important issue to talk about? Yeah, there's um, a few things that, that came together um, at, at a certain period of time around 2011 or so, one was um, studying the book of Proverbs. So looking at a bunch of themes in Proverbs um, in that year and then noticing how there were a lot of themes that I expected to see that were there. You know, there's money is very prominent. Um, work is prominent. Various relationships are prominent in the book of Proverbs. But then I was surprised to see how it has a very specific focus on friendship at many points along the way and 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 the language that's used is not just you know general wisdom for relationships but it has very profound things to say about the unique and distinct relationship of friendship and so as i considered those um i realized that there's some really profound and pointed statements made about friendship and it was challenging to me and some of my even understanding about friendship and then as i was thinking about that i went to John 15, where Jesus is gathering with his disciples the night before he's crucified, and he's really opening up his heart to them to explain to them what's about to happen, um, because they've they've never really picked up the clues and and the the statements that he's really made about the cross. And so he's trying to even be even more specific at, at this point. And what was so surprising to me is that he defined uh, the highest act of love in terms of friendship, because he said that there's no greater love than this, than that a man lay down his life or that someone lay down his life for his friends. And then he defined the cross in terms of that act of friendship love. Um, he said, I have, I've loved you. Uh, you are my friends. And so um, he calls, he calls them to see the cross in that next day as an act of cosmic friendship love. And the highest act of love in terms of friendship. So that was really striking to me. And I realized I had not really thought um, about the cross in terms of friendship. And I really had not thought much about Jesus being a friend um, and how he wants us to view him as a friend and wants us to view ourselves as his friends. Um, so that was really what happened in my life and thinking through it and then just noticing that as I had this higher view of friendship, um, because of thinking about it, I was valuing my friends more. I was more more prone to them and want to get together with them and value them and appreciate them. And then since it was on my mind, I became just more aware of the cultural gap um, of friendship in America and, and really globally, how we're um, facing somewhat of a, many people call a loneliness epidemic. And so um, the culture has this massive gap of friendships and churches are often no better. We can talk about community, um, but we can often um, really f- uh, create systems for community that don't really value life on life friendship. 
but instead just larger group gatherings that can only go so deep. So, so there was a season of life where those things came together. And I realized, wow, this is really something that I need to grow. And I want to have conversations with people about as well. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. What, what do you think it is a generational thing? I mean, you know, I know we, in my study through this, we've looked a lot at millennials and Gen Z who uh, seemingly have uh, this issue with loneliness and making friends. But, uh, but I know folks uh, in their thirties, forties, fifties who also struggle um, with making friends. Is it generational? Is it technology? Is it culture? I mean, I know mm-hmm. all those things kind of play into it. In, in your experience, uh, what are you seeing? What are some of the, the triggers or things that you would say are a part of this whole deal with loneliness? Yeah, I think um, there, there, this, certainly each generation seems to have certain strengths and weaknesses when it comes to this. So there's, there's certain ways in which younger generations are doing friendship better than previous generations or the most recent ones as far as valuing friendships and relationships very highly. Um, and um, But, you know, valuing it highly doesn't necessarily always translate into a thick practice and experience of it. So I think some of the gaps um, are really one of them is the way that we structure um, community life even as a society so in previous generations there was a real overlap in spheres of activity so for instance if you the people you work with uh, at least several of them may have been the people that are in your town and maybe there was overlap with people from your church community um, or your neighborhood even and people that you went to church with or, or were part of a church with, you know, they're going to overlap from people that were in your neighborhood or the workplace or where you shop and, and eat um, through, through the week. And then now those spheres are increasingly separated. So people can uh, have people that they work with and they, they would never see them outside of the context of work because they're commuting far to see them. And some people are driving for a church community and therefore the people that they are at church events with, they'd never see in their neighborhood or out and about around town or in their workplace. Um, and, you know, sports activities with kids, if, if there's parents with kids, um, aren't going to overlap there as well. So people just have these isolated spheres. And so even younger people who are even in high school will have the people that maybe they're at their church aren't the same people that they're at school with or aren't the same people that they're doing sports with. So that can really uh, make friendship hard without a, a massive amount of, t- of intentionality because friendship takes time and shared experience. And um, if we don't have these overlapping circles anymore, that's going to, we're going to be very dis, um, disconnected from one another. So that's one thing. And then I think technology, you know, that really does affect us in a lot of ways that we, some of which we can be aware of, but some of which we may not be aware of. But I think one way in which it's affecting us in, um, in a way that hinders friendship is not just the fact that we're on technology more, but that we're using technology to have certain kinds of conversations that are most um, that should be done face to face, very, you know, personal conversations. Um, You know, we're using these depersonalized ways of expressing things. So if there's a confrontation needed or confession needed, we might rather than being face to face, we'll do that over technology or we we just won't have those conversations at all. And so we're, we're really not growing in the courage that it takes to have certain kinds of hard conversations in friendship of, of being transparent about our own weaknesses and sins or, or confronting and gentleness, someone else or, or affirming them in different ways, because we're not, we, we aren't pursuing those kinds of contexts. And so 
um, a lot of people, you know, are using text or or otherwise to have really significant moments in their life happen, and um, and they're not able to actually enjoy these as embodied people, and we're not even then. Um, growing in the skill of being good conversationalists, which mm-hmm. is important um, for friendship as well. So I think that's part of it. Yeah. You know, and I, I think I was reading something on an article or maybe it was a portion of your book where you were talking about um, the responsibility really that we have uh, in, in friendship, which you don't hear a lot of times the word responsibility and friendship often put together. Um, but when you think about this, this deal with responsibility, which is especially uh, some would say millennials, Gen Z, whatever. I think we all struggle with that issue of responsibility in some uh, way or form. But uh, w- what is that part of the right. of, of the equation um, in friendships? And, and how have you discovered that there is a responsibility if you really want to grow in, in friendship? Yeah. Um, one, one thing that was really striking to me when I was looking at Proverbs is that one of the Proverbs made just a direct, crystal clear statement, do not forsake your friend. And that was striking to me because I had heard a lot of uh, friendship wisdom, for lack of a better word, that had said, uh, or kind of common understanding that said, you know, one of the greatest aspects of friendship is that you're there's no kind of firm commitment like family or marriage, where you, you make a vow in marriage or you're born into a family, you don't have choice. And so one of the great benefits of friendship is that you're always just choosing to be part of that friendship. And because you could let go at any point, that shows the people that they should be honored that you're with them and, and so forth. So the idea of freedom to come and go uh, heightens the value of it when you're with someone. But Proverbs seems to indicate that that's actually a, a really off way of thinking about it, that actually over time, a, a bond is forged between people. Um, and it it then creates expectations and responsibility. And we do, we do also sense this intuitively and it comes out in statements like, I can't believe that person did that. I thought they were my friend, right. Or I could never do that to a friend. So we do have ways of, of, of showing that we do get this kind of covenant like commitment and friendship, but in a lot of other ways in which we think and act, we, we don't, we aren't consistent with that. So um, it really is significant then to recognize if we have a responsibility to another human being, whom we've developed this bond of friendship with, then that's going to have certain expectations for what we do and how we live and how we talk to them or interact with them. It means that we should be in touch enough to know when something is really hard in their life. Um, Because even the context of the statement in Proverbs says, don't forsake a friend is is the context is a calamity coming into their life or their family's life. And so we need to, and then we need to be able to be kind of a full, fully embodied human presence for that person if we can. Um, you know, doing whatever it takes to make sacrifices to be there with them or be in conversation with them. Um, and so if we aren't sharing life together and opening up and being transparent on a regular basis with um, at least a handful of close friends, that we're, we're not going to be able to even fulfill those responsibilities because we're not going to be in touch enough to even know mm-hmm. when suffering may may fall into their life. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, that's so true. And it takes a getting uh, getting close, having this closeness and I know maybe people who are listening to this who uh, maybe for all of us to some degree this is a struggle how, how do we develop true friendships I and mean, we have thousands of friends through social media but are those really friends what what yeah. would what would you say are some tips for people who are listening what are some next steps okay if I'm going this sounds all great and I'd love to I'd love to see this happen in my own life and in the area of relationships right. but ha- what are some tips that you would give us 
to get started in that in that process? Yeah. Um, so a couple things come to mind, um, and I feel like you know I'm I'm always having to reassess my own life and think about what's the next step. So I feel like we all should be thinking in these ways of having a current sense of where where am I at right now, in, in with friendships and what's the next step I can take. So we should all be kind of thinking about this. And a few of the key steps that we can take, um, one of them would be you know to just think through, maybe even write down who are the few people that are closest to you that that are your friends or have been your friends or you'd hope to be your friends that are close enough there and then for each one think very concretely what's one next step that i could take to strengthen that friendship and the next step could be one of a few a few things for instance um getting together face to face or to do some activity kind of side by side is a great next step. So getting together for a meal, I think you can make a case even even from the Bible and um, of course culturally through the world that that getting together face to face around food is actually one of the primary ways in which we grow as friends and as community. So having a meal together, inviting someone over or going out with someone uh, for a meal um, is a great next step. And then when you're with someone, a great next step is to think, what is one uh, question I could ask to take this conversation one step deeper? Because very often our friendships stay superficial for lack of intentionality of just moving conversation a step deeper. Um, and one of the best ways you can do that is just by asking an intentional question about someone's life, you know, what they're thinking about, what they're, what's on their mind lately, uh, how's life going? Something that gets them to think big picture life, and then just keep asking questions about it and stay curious. So I think those are those are key things to do um, in order to to take take a step forward. Just think about individual people and what's one step you could take to get face to face with them and, mm. and move conversation. Yeah, yeah. Just, just being intentional, I think, and that's such a good word. Most of us really don't don't think uh, from that perspective. If someone wanted to get more information about how to uh, really engage in growing friendships and making friends. I know you've got, of course, the book out through Crossway, but how could somebody get a hold of you if they wanted to reach out more questions or follow up with you? Sure. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter um, at Drew F. Hunter um, or uh, yeah, that, that'd probably be the, the primary way to, to do that. And of course you can grab, grab the book made for friendship and unpack a lot of these things um, in that book as well. So awesome. Good deal. Hey, any last words um, just about this whole thing especially about friendship um that you would share with us before we let you go today yeah so i think that the key there is to recognize that um you know friendship is about you know c.s lewis said you you find a friend when you're having a conversation and one of you says what you two which is a way of saying we have something unique in common and the the greatest resource for friendship um is really jesus christ because it means that you can have all sorts of differences with another person uh, politically, uh, ethnically, socioeconomically, age. Um, and, and if you have Jesus in common, then you actually both share the truest friend and you're becoming like him by his grace and his spirit power. And so you already have the main thing in common. And so that's a, a commonality that can you can unite around and have the deepest of friendships around. And then the, there's another resource for friendships that um, Jesus provides. And that is that Jesus himself, you know, he says, you are my friends. So he He makes us his friends. And what that means is if we recognize that Jesus is our truest friend and we actually walk in friendship with him, 
in a moment by moment, hour by hour kind of basis, experiencing him as a friend in reality, that actually fills up our need for friendship to such a degree that then we can enter into conversations, enter into rooms, enter in gra- uh, um, gatherings, and we can we can be moving in toward people without the sense of neediness, without the, the main thing being on our mind, I need a friend, uh, you know, I don't want to feel lonely. I hope someone pays attention to me. Who do I know here that so I don't feel excluded? Instead of those thoughts, we can walk into a room and think, I already have my truest friend with me. Um, and, and therefore, who, who can I befriend in this room? Who might be lonely in this room? Who might need my friendship right now? And so we're filled up to give rather than get. And that's actually that actually makes you into the truest kind of friend anyways. Um, less needy for friendship and more able to give um, to others. And that's how you become the, the better friend anyways. And that's very much like Jesus. And so we become like him in that sense as well. Wow. Such good stuff, Drew. Thanks for, again, your time today. I know you're busy. And again, if you want more information about Drew, you can hit him up on Twitter, Drew F. Hunter, and check out his book through uh, Crossway. If you want more information about how to find out uh, developing friendships and community, be looking for the book. Uh, the Solution for Loneliness, which is coming out from Ravel, uh, from myself, in October of 2020. Check out the website, jackeason.org. Thanks for your time today. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Jack Eason Podcast. Be sure to check out the website for blogs, videos, and more help on the issues of loneliness, friendship, and community. To get updates on the release of Jack's new book from Ravel Publishing, sign up for an email alert at jackeason.org.